0: what it is, what's up, uh, the TeleSys, HS Auto Podcast, and the Cut, um, yo, who, who cares, bro, <laughs> who cares about me, who cares about basketball right now, there's problems that, that are bigger than basketball right now, uh, one of them is Philadelphia fans are fucking despicable, man, I've been rocking with Philadelphia for a few years now, I, I've followed the NFL loosely, especially during a period of time where, the Eagles were relevant. I'm not an Eagles fan whatsoever. Eagles fans are fucking horrible human beings. Like I I know this is starting at a pretty rocky start with with Sisters fans, I'm sure. Eagles fans are horrible people. Like like actually like bad 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 people. Sisters fans are a little bit better. Um you know, a lot better, I would say. But every once in a while, you just see some shit that makes you realize they're still the same people as Eagles fans, or a couple of more, are. Um, and throwing like water bottles at the fucking team that just went to the one c you know, tried their hardest, booing them off the court. They, I think it booed them a couple of different games. I mean, that's. I mean, you gotta you gotta show that you don't support the product of the field, and you shouldn't, the product of the court. Doc Rivers should be released if you can get Rick Carlisle out there. Um, ben Simmons should not be on the team And they did make every opportunity to, to get Ben Simmons out of there To their Like even before now they tried And they just Because of things out of their control it didn't work out But They did try um, Fucking dude Big enough calling sets then. column says it's not good but uh (laughs) but yeah uh, back to the point um so here's a couple takeaways I don't even want to go too deep into this I mean I have did takeaways or perspectives on the uh, past few games really the the past couple of choke ones but um game 6 was like not really anything special I don't think Doc did anything crazy he played excuse me he played the best point guard option extensive minutes in Tyrese Massey. Um, let's see. Actually, let's pull up the numbers. I always pull up the numbers usually, but I just kind of went straight into this game. It's just fucking despicable. Um, I think Tyrese Massey actually outplayed Ben because of foul minutes. Uh, people were making, like, mad jokes during that game. Like, oh, they got lucky that... um <laughs> that, that that Ben kept on fouling because fucking Massey keep on going out there. And then it was, like, mad, like... I don't want to call it any particular people or, like, analysts or or podcasts, like, saying that we should praise the shit that Ben does, right? But the, the amount of coddling this dude's gotten in his time, especially the past two seasons, that's how you create a situation where a guy is right under the cup and is scared to go up for a dunk with Trey Young as the fucking help defender. That's how you get in that place. When you coddle a guy for two seasons, that guy progressively worse every passing season. And may, may, I'm not saying it's a fact, but may have had an effect on pushing out a guy you traded quite a bit for in Jimmy Butler because he felt like that Jimmy was traipsing upon his fucking turf. I, that's how you get in a situation. You have a guy that takes zero field goals in the fourth quarter, of a believe four straight games. Finishes two or four in elimination games 30, in 30 in an elimination game in 36 minutes, only puts up uh four shots, only goes one or two from the free though at 6'10". 10 uh, has 13 assists. Who gives a fuck about this? Like here's the thing, here's the thing about assists, man. I think we're honestly got at a point of culture where assists are a counting stat. It just it's for some players, it's reflective of a lot of impact in the game. When you see Trey Young get 10 assists, I'm thinking, okay. Trey Young is probably the most indefensible short player on the, in the NBA currently. He collapses. He makes guys collapse on him. He dishes out for quality looks. He probably could have had a lot more assists, but this was a very bad shooting night for the Hawks. They only went 7-27, and we actually outshot them and lost the game, which is fucking incredible to think about. Um, and they, I mean, they... <laughs> Those ten assists are impactful. It's like Ben's thirteen assists are like, and I will say he like he started off like you know as he usually does. He comes out pretty, uh, relatively aggressive with the facilitating. But it's like that shit just goes out the fucking window towards the back half of the game uh, every time. I mean, I there, there's no reason why someone who's initiating the offense as he does, like people compare him to, I oh, always use him like Draymond. And yeah, I mean you probably the best usage of. Simmons isn't probably a four out offense where he's pretty much the only guy in the paint he's dealing out screens he's doing this and that but the problem is is that that's not the reality and like Simmons was not drafted as a number one overall pick to be used as Draymond Green now maybe maybe there should be some kind of uh, you know idea that <laughs> you should adjust the offense around this guy but I mean like you have a top three player in the NBA on your team that's a center. You can't just say let's go four out. Now maybe in the second unit you should have a backup center. Okay okay, here here's 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 a takeaway. Here's one takeaway. This regime, I know it's been multiple players that have had the option to to make moves such as this. This regime has failed since 2018 at replicating what made Ben Simmons well his freshman year. No, no one even close to the value of Ursyn and Leosova as a stretch bid. Um, the the bench unit is comprised currently of at least five guys who are not great shooters and five guys who play off the bench. So there you go. Uh, Matisse made one, and then he tried to take another one. Why the fuck open And He like knew it was a miss before it came off his hands. George Hill is just washed, um, incredibly washed. I mean, he's still a fairly smart player, but, I mean, he just appears to, like, not have anything left in terms of just being a close-to-starting-level point guard uh, or even a really great bench one either. Sheik Milton uh, only played five minutes. You know, he would finish a plus six, but, you know, what can you do? I don't... Doc Rivers's rotations. Tyrese Matsey, 14 minutes. Um... I do not i d I don't I don't get it. I don't get I, I, I don't get I don't get why for the life of God, like I don't get You gotta at least give him enough time to be like, okay, he's he sucks. Like like Trey has a bad game objectively. And part of it's because Ben Simmons had pretty, you know, solid defense. But Maxie wasn't a bad Trey defender either. And Trey's shot wasn't on not because he was like being d'd up at moments. He just was like forced out a little bit further than you know the average three pointer is. And he was just bricking those shits. He was also missing, like, wide-open bunnies after getting past Ben Simmons. And you're not getting shit for Simmons on offense. Just ride out Matsey for at least 20 minutes. I mean, if George Hill can get 22 minutes, I'm not sure why Diable, c- I mean, Mattsy couldn't. Was Hill doing well on defense? Was he kind of making some of the smart plays? Okay. But for the most part, what he's doing is just hand the fucking ball off to uh, either Seth or, or Ben. And they initiate the rest of the play. Mattsy can do the same thing, I feel like. But... Doc Rivers is fucking stupid ass rotations. Uh, Tobias was eight of twenty four, uh, two of seven from three. His three was off the entire game. It felt like uh, fourteen rebounds, uh, four assists, two steals. I mean, four personal. Fa- I w- I'll say one thing, man. Regardless of how inefficient Harris has been in the past, you know, few games. Uh, how you know he's obviously taken a massive uh, drop off in terms of. Towards a play, um, in that same stretch, that dude was a gamer. I mean, he tried. I'll say game four towards game five, I think, towards the end of that, I didn't understand why he was on the court. Game six, he wasn't great either, if I remember correctly. Uh, maybe pushing those up more than it should, but maybe in a game four, yeah, I think it's actually in a game four, then game five, he was awful. Uh, yeah, yeah, that that's how it was. But he tried. I mean, he gives a hundred percent effort. He was missing wide open bunnies, which I kind of felt we we're gonna come back to buy us eventually. But I mean, he played forty five fucking minutes in a game of forty eight minutes. So I mean, what can you fucking do? Uh, Joel and bleed and bleed. He wasn't bleeding on the court. I felt like with some of the fucking looks he was taking. Uh, only gets ten free throws, which is an improvement over some of the games in the past few. But um, yeah, I, I felt that we kind of were in a situation where I was like, the foul, the, the foul game for the most part, I think. I don't know if the NBA made a call or some shit, but it just went away from Philadelphia in the past few games. I don't know why. That just was the situation, how it played out. I mean, what can you do? But uh, he got 10, free throws up, went 7-10, got 11 rebounds, uh, finished 92 plus or minus, 11-21. Uh, five three-point attempts, probably two or three more he probably should have taken. But again, a dude that played, you know, gave it on the court, uh, looked very timid towards the end of the game. And when you like... Uh, you can just kind of tell when some players have just been through trauma. And a lot of NBA players that have momentous failures uh, happen repeatedly kind of speak to this without like really putting themselves in blame too much. But you can kind of tell when like guys are just kind of scared of repeating what has happened. And B was throwing high passes, uh, got ripped uh, once against Danilo Gallinari, and just looked like he was pretty much out of it. Wasn't catching the ball anywhere. Like, someone made a, a point, I think, around the, um, what point the game would have been? I think it would have been about three minutes left when he was fronting Collins and ended up getting, like, surrounded by, like, three dudes because Simmons and Harris were in the paint as well. He just was catching the ball like from 15 feet out almost routinely at, by that point towards the end of the game. And you could tell it just... I think he wasn't even seeing a way to get post position that was favorable anymore. Um, I mean, I, I can't blame him. I mean, he, like guys were legit. It's just compounding effects, man. If you have Ben Simmons standing in the dunker spot all game, his guys helping off all game. You have Harris initiating pretty much all of his possessions, at least the successful ones, about eight feet to 10 feet away from the rim. At some point, your brain are going to think, I can't keep on doing this. Like, I just, I can't keep on, <laughs> I can't keep on trying to make this happen and putting extra work on myself. Especially if, like, your fucking, your hamstring, like, flopping off the, f- what is it? Is it his ham- hamstring or whatever the fuck it is? Um, I mean, I-, I can't even blame Joel at this point, dude. I, he's playing a system that's not even, like, marginally optimized for his style. Like, they do run sometimes, quote unquote, shooters out there, but I mean, they don't even have, like, high-volume guys. Like, that's the that's worst thing about this set of guys. They don't even have high-volume shooters. They don't have a particularly great system to get guys open as shooters either. Like, the thing about um, the Nugs and, you know, of course, I think at this point we understand that Jokic is a more offensively gifted center than Joel Embiid. I think that's a, a a, you know, just an a, a a, a objective fact at this point. But the one thing they do is they do a great job of getting guys moving off the ball and getting good looks. And you looked at them when they were healthy. Gordon got good looks. Murray obviously always finds a good look. He can't get a good look. Uh, Monte Morris usually gets some pretty good looks. Will Barton is an elite scorer that works off of uh, Jokic pretty well. There's just not, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of guys on this roster that even can good looks can get good looks by themselves, but when you have that, you have to have a coach that can scheme up for that. I mean, either you get a coach that can scheme up for that, or the one you have has to adjust to that. And, I think Doctor's done some really great offensively uh, oriented things with this roster. Like, he has tried to run more sets, uh, especially in the regular season, but it's just as things have tightened up, I mean, it just has reverted to you know, dribble handoff. Move keep on moving around the three point line, pass up to the next guy, pass up to the next guy. Joel catches it in post position with like fucking eight seconds left on the clock. Um, guys help off or guys help off their guy to get to Joel. He passes out to Tyrese Matsey or Matisse Dyble or George Hill. They're too scared to pull the trigger. They don't have fast enough triggers. So they get fucking blocked or whatever, they just pass the ball out. Or they don't do anything. I mean like it's it's just not like this roster doesn't make sense. That's it. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't, it doesn't make fucking sense. I, I mean, it's it's a team that was, you know, playing with the idea. They had to hit pretty much everything on their their top five dudes. And they need a perfect Joel. And they need a perfect Tobias Harris, who was that for a large stretch of the season. They need stuff to be hitting like a 50, 40, 90 pretty much every game. They need all these fucking crazy things to happen, but that's not the mark of a good... A good roster composition and understand this i'm not putting this all on maury maury had a fucking horrible situation maury inherited um i think he i think he flipped horford horford is one of the worst contracts in the nba tobias harris was thought of as one of the worst not if not maybe like quite as bad as, as you know horford but pretty bad uh simmons was thought of as this could be an epic failure but you kind of have to make it because he's your draft pick and this and that. There's so many picks on here or so many contracts on here that just seemed like wow, this is fucking bad. And you have so little bench you have even less bench contribution than you have currently. So it's like Maury did quite a bit. And you lost Danny Green who for what seemed like his fucking horrible contributions I think is very evident that At least from a a morale standpoint, uh, a defensive standpoint, quite a few things, they got brought a lot of intangibles to the court. And if you're a multi-champion, maybe that makes sense, but I didn't think he had that much of a contribution. This team has pretty much no vocal leaders and seemingly no leaders on the court either. I mean, Joel goes as far up as he does go down. Uh, ben is just mentally one of the worst players in the NBA, I would say. Uh, Tobias just is this. Uh, <laughs> he gets, he, I don't to say. Seth's going to get Seth. I, I will fuck with Seth because Seth's going to do him all game. But they just don't have, like, winners on this fucking team outside of probably Danny Green. So shout out to Danny for what he's done. And we'll fucking get his these takeaways. Let's just go ahead and get to those. Alright, so takeaway number one And these are pretty strong to the point Pretty obvious, I would say But th- these are my opinions based on just Everything I've read about Even before this point And kind of how I think Maury operates As someone who's kind of seen, You know, Maury do his fucking thing out on, on Houston, dude Maury does not settle He never has in his life And he never will Number one think people want to hear This one off for it. I think Ben Simmons is gone. That's my opinion, but I think that he's out of here. For most multitude of reasons, but the first one being that apparently it wasn't just smoke to the... I mean, we kind of knew that Simmons was being traded, but like, it wasn't just smoke to that in the sense that it was so close to completion that you could fucking taste it. Apparently, they had it done, Mori and whoever the Houston GM is... Tillman Fertitta caught word of it at the last second. And just to, you know, know that most of the time, owners are not, owners of a good organization are not invasive into their uh, franchise's major moves. Like, the ones of bad organizations, like the fucking Knicks in the years past, those are the ones that invade. So apparently at the last second, Fertitta got wind that it was going to be Maury that was going to be the winner of the sweepstakes and nixed it. Um for that he got fucking like nothing. He got fleeced. Um up until Harding and Brooks fucking hamstring. What the fuck happened to him. But he lost that trade being a fucking snipe piece of shit. And I can't even think I I just, I just got this moment. I can't even say he lost the trade because as I understand it was supposed to be Ben, Matsy, um Matisse, and then I think a first or something like that. I don't know if that's if that's a loss or I I think it's a loss. I think it's a pretty big loss. I mean, at first, when I've had much value from coming from Philly's perspective, unless it was somebody else's first, but that's gonna be a pretty low first. But you still get Matthew, who appears to be at the very least a winner, if not a French. Like I don't know if he's a franchise point guard yet, but he appears to be a pretty. I have the it fact type of guy. Uh, Matisse is maybe a generational defender his own, right? I I think he lost in trade. Ben Simmons... If you can can afford to have the roster composed to be four out, one in, or just five out, I think he works. That's just my perspective. I don't know. I mean, guys look at that differently. I think he... I think that was... I think anything you do out of spite instead of actual, like, business acumen is fucking a bad idea. That's just my opinion, though, I guess. Um... I think he's gone. I, I'm I i do not think Maury I mean we all said it coming up, but he's not Maury's type of guy. And he clearly uh is even at the point was the biggest like Maury you know like like trade bail. He wanted him gone before anybody. And I, I think that I mean, if you look at the modern game of basketball, no one who no one has tried to abide by the rules more than Maury. Maury is the modern game of basketball, in effect. And, I mean, just look at it, dude. I mean, look at every elite team. Uh, every every championship and championship runner-up team of the past few seasons. You got, other than last season, because last season's a little bit of aberration, but it's kind of... It, what made what made Lakers like come on like they did was because they had shooting come on like late as fuck like Marcus Morris hitting shots, uh, Rondo hitting shots, KCP looking like a, a you know a fucking. Yeah, he didn't look too good now. I think about it, but he he did make some once the pretty big games like I think it was game five or game four in the finals where he really went crazy. He came he was he came on the right times. Anthony Davidson and shots. It was kind of shots by committee. But um on the opposite team, Jimmy Butler, his best moments were when he could kind of create threes for other people. Uh Harrow was an elite shot maker for most of that playoff run. Uh Duncan Robinson, obviously Duncan Robinson. Dragic was a way better point guard than he ended up being this season. Uh, none was great before COVID um, this is a bevy of shot makers at the point guard position before that uh, I mean Golden State and Toronto you have fucking Stephen Curry versus Kyle Lowry was fucking splashed like a motherfucker in that series um, Fred Van Bleet, who was shooting like his fucking like livelihood was on the line you gotta have shooters at the point guard position and we have Tyrese Matsey, who appears to be a very willing shooter when he Kind of, you know, just can do his thing and, like, not really have to worry about some of the offense. I still think he's, like, a a quote-unquote point guard. I think he's a shooting guard that has the point guard frame. But maybe with some offseason practice, he can become more facilitator. But he, he's, a, he's a willing shooter if he has to be. But he's not, like, a, off the ball, I'm going to hit this bitch and I'm going to splash this motherfucker. Ben Simmons is not that whatsoever. Morey doesn't like him. They already tried to move him. I mean, he's. I think he's gone. I, I don't know what you get for him. I don't want to pass him on that. One of my favorite trade packages I came up with in the past couple of days was a uh, Finney Smith hardaway. I think he's due for an extension. Uh Hardaway and I don't know, maybe you can get like a Maxi Kleber or somebody like that from that. But you get two appearing, maybe it's cuz of, of Doncic's gravity, but appearing to be elite shot makers um and shot, you know, takers, uh, volume shooters as well. If you can get those two to get, like, maybe, I don't know, another competent backup big that can stretch the floor, I think that's a win. I don't know why Dallas would trade for that. The one most people are talking about, which is the one I really don't like, is, um, like, CJ McCollum and maybe a a first. I I just don't know what that does for you because that gives you – That takes away a pretty much your only. I guess Matisse can be a small forward, but like frame wise, doesn't really fit that mold. It takes away your only real small forward, and one of your backup big options, and trades for another guard. Keeping in mind you already have, like pretty much all your other bench contributors, are guards, and you run like a three guard lineup. Seth. Cork Moss or danny and then I guess oh okay, because so you run two guard lineup but like you frequent Danny green and um uh, and Korkmaz and Seth pretty often I, I just don't I don't and and like the, the another thing is like none of your guards really have like trade value outside of Seth right now like you're not gonna be able to trade danny coming off an injury uh he has he has an aspiring contract but like what do you package him with Tobias like I don't know uh it's hard to trade Tobias because you that you have like fucking pretty much no bigs in the roster. Uh, Paul Reed gets no burn. So yeah, I, I, if you make that trade for CJ, you have to at least get, I think you have to get another third team involved and try to get a big out kind of somewhere. I think if you trade Ben, you have to either get a big or you have to trade him knowing you have another trade in the, the kind of way that's guaranteed we can get a big or a three or a hybrid. Like a, a, a Rocco, a Robert Covington type. And I guess that's, that's, to me, that's where the value maybe would be for Portland. Robert Covington, even though he kind of was very underwhelming in their one series this offseason, he still is somebody that has translatable value to Philadelphia's system. Obviously, I haven't played with it. would probably have chemistry with him. If you if you tell me CJ and Rocco, I mean, that wouldn't be the worst rate right of all time. I still like Hardaway... Finney, who is a pretty good defender. And then another big somewhere from, you know, maybe from Dallas for somebody else more. But, I don't know. I mean, you can also argue that he just has, like, not played in an optimal situation for him as a creator, as a scorer, having played alongside Dame, who should get first billing with those possessions. But I just, he's not an elite three-point shooter, I feel like. He's, he's good. He's not, like, bad. He's just not, like, elite. He loves the mid-ranges, which is also where Tobias and Joel usually get their touches from. And Seth kind of, too. So it's like, ugh. But I wouldn't be mad at it. If you get Rocco back, who's who can be a, a, a shooter, a hitter from the four, can play a little bit of three, a little bit, not a lot, a little bit of three, can play a little bit of small ball five. This is the worst trade ever. And I don't think it'd be their only move uh, as far as trading goes and acquisitions. Number two, I think Doc Rivers is gone. I don't see any way if they can get Rick Carlisle He's not the coach of the 76ers next year. Uh, he plays by analytics. Uh, kind of because of the the... Um, if you follow the doubt situation at all, really, apparently there's this Harold Bob character, the gambler, that has rose to pretty much being the puppet GM and now, I guess, the end... In- effect GM with Donnie Nelson gone. He is very analytically focused and I think it's kind of I guess affected Rick's system and rotation. Like from what I understand, he's pretty much been also, like his hands has been in the coaching playbook and in the rotations, which may be why they've had some very wonky rotations that last Clippers series, but who knows? I would really like to see an analytically focused roster, at least in the back half. I don't want to see it take over everything. I don't want to see them turn bench to some kind of like space, or uh, like spacer entirely, or like have it to where I don't know. Just they just pull up threes, like forty threes, a fifty threes a game. But that wouldn't come closer where they need to be at as a offense than where they are currently because they're putting up like. Usually lose in a three point battle by a pretty good margin most nights, and that's just not how you should operate in twenty twenty one. I don't know. I I like Rick Carlisle. Uh one out four in, or one out four in, that'd be pretty bad. Well four out one in with Joel, with Seth, with C J with Rocco Uh who else would be that another person? I guess I guess Danny. I guess you'd probably go you'd probably go Seth Hardaway, Danny, Rocco and then Joel I mean, there's not. They really need another. They need another ball handler, which isn't a takeaway I have listed. But they need another ball handler really bad. Another, another playmaker. Not George Another playmaker. But um, I mean that that's a. I think it's a good system. I mean, I think so. I like Rick Carlisle. I think Doc Rivers is gone. I, that's my personal opinion. They gave him a lot of money, so it may be tough. They may write him out for another year and just change the roster up first and then just move him out instead. But the problem is you really run into a very shaky situation when you say we're going to only retool the roster but ride out in confident coaching. Because I don't know if Joe likes Doc. I don't think he... I have a reason to believe that he doesn't like him. I just don't know if he does like him. So it's like, do you want to risk that? I'm not sure, but... I personally believe Doc's gone. And number three, just like I said, retool the entire like bench unit. I mean, every everybody except Matzey. Honestly, God, everybody in this roster except Seth, Joel, Matzey, and or Matisse should be up in the air, in my opinion. Tobias, I would like to move on from him almost as soon as I like to move on from Ben. It's just gonna be very difficult to do that with that contract and with his style of play. But um, that's what I would personally like to see. I think they, I think they have at least four or five new rotation pieces next season. That's again my personal take on it. They really kind of needed to. I mean, this is you shouldn't have to like when you look at Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Who else in the East? I mean, a a better Miami, usually, like, they can get a lot for their bench unit, too. I mean, these are teams that are just way deeper than Philadelphia. And it goes even to the superstars as well, but especially the bench units. I I would hope that they look to move on from from a lot of these guys. And I I would say, just from a construction perspective, they need at least – Two different point guard options. I don't think Seth is even a point guard. honest guy. he doesn't appear to be a pretty good facilitator. But that's not really his his role in this team anyway. I would say you need two point guard options brought in, like a third breaking case of emergency point guard option, and a like legitimate like could start point guard option. Probably a, a, at least a, at least one different look at the two guard, a small forward, and a spacer five. That would be my ideal kind of guys I bring in here. Who are those guys? I don't know. But that's what I would like to see. Um, pretty good season. I mean, it exposed to quite a few things that needed to be exposed a long time ago about Philadelphia. Brought in some some new faces and some some new styles to play that can be expounded on. Uh, I think Tyrese Massey could be a future star. I'm glad he's still on the roster. I don't know if I would've rather had Harden or not. I think I probably would have, but What can you do? I'm glad things, um, some things worked out, and I wish some things worked differently. Uh, Philadelphia fans, please don't throw shit in the court anymore. All right, I'll see y'all later, man.